This episode of the Off Course Podcast is brought to you by Bagboy. For over 75 years, Bagboy has been at the forefront of solving the experience of getting the golf bag from one location to another. Whether you're looking for the smooth ride of a push cart, the durable travel covers, or a bag loaded with features, Bagboy will certainly have a quality option ready for you. For more information, visit www.bagboy.com. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. And welcome back, you golfing legends, to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week is Mr. Brian Tennyson of Leanlock Putters. Brian, welcome. Hey, Dan. Great to be with you today. Uh, I'm excited to introduce or at least help people learn more about your product, but I think it's always critical to get started is to to get to know the person behind the brand. Uh, it, based on the, the research I did on you, it seems like you've got a bit of a storied career in the game of golf, both in and out and in again. Uh, do you want to share with the folks listening in where, where your stories brought you so far? Well, sure. Um, I grew up, you know, dreaming of playing the PGA tour and, and the only two things I ever really wanted to do in life were, were to play the PGA tour and to, uh, run businesses. And I'm fortunate enough to have done both. So um, getting out of college, um, I was fortunate enough. It took me a few years, but I got on the PGA Tour and um, had success. Played on and off the tour for a total of eight seasons. And um, actually managed to be a top 30 player. Made it, you know, 29th on the money list in 1990. So I, I played in, you know, you know, five U.S. Opens. Played in the Masters. I played with a lot of the greats in the games. You know, the, the Greg Normans, Larry Mize, Curtis Strange, Payne Stewart, you name them. You know, those were my contemporaries. And so I was fortunate enough to um, live out that part of my childhood dreams. And then uh, after leaving competitive golf, I, I you know, have uh, also been fortunate that I've, I've started and, and run a lot of different businesses. I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur and a very curious, inquisitive guy and, and like to find solutions to problems. And that kind of ended up leading me uh, where I am today with my putters. Now, you, you hit on a big one there. You mentioned a lot of really big names. Uh, and, and I would imagine the majority of your experiences on that tour showcase some truly spectacular putting. Now, where I play, Brian, <laughs> is a little bit of a different story. I actually had uh, some friends in town this weekend and and one of the major conversations from at least two of them that I played golf with out of, uh, let's see, the seven people this weekend was how can I get more putts to drop? What, what can I do to improve that? Um, and we talked all about the stroke. We talked about uh, how active the hands are, how, how much your body wants to move, whether the putter fits you. When it comes down to it, it's a pretty simple science from my perspective, and it's all those additional elements you add into it that make putting a little bit more problematic. <laughs> and and I just love to hear your perspective on on tour putters. You've seen an I assume an incredible variety of putting styles. Other than what you've conditioned here with Lean Lock, is is there a certain style you feel like is most effective out there? Well, um, you know, I, I really like anything that involves bracing, arm lock, uh, my lean lock method. I, I think that eliminates one of the variables that the vast majority of particularly amateur golfers have in their putting, which is their they've got wrist movement. And, you know, what I find with 
uh, with the majority of uh, everyday golfers is they really don't even realize how poor their putting stroke actually is. Um, I tell people there's only three things that have to happen for the putt to be hit well. And, and frankly, anybody can do them. doesn't matter what your physical limitations are. You've got to have the putter traveling along the path that you want the putt to go when, you know, just before impact and at the moment of impact. You've got to have the face of the putter pointed where you want that ball to start when it hits the ball. Pretty basic stuff. And actually, we know now with technology that you want the putter swinging up on the ball just a little bit in the ascending angle of attack. So those three things, the the path of the putter, the aim of the face, and the angle of attack are, are critical. And what most people do, in fact, I would say well over 90% of golfers, they've they've got poor path. They've got a lot of opening and closing of the putter face, and it makes it really hard for them to return that putter face back at impact where they're trying to get the ball to start. And uh, as a result, the, the ball rarely starts online. You hear people all the time, oh, I misread it or whatever else. And I would, I would posit that um, most of the time people miss hit the putt, not miss aim or misread the putt. And uh, by eliminating variables, I think you're better off. So I, I like things like... Uh, arm lock or lean lock. I like, uh, um, I like, you know, left hand low or cross handed as people would say, depending on if you're right or left handed things that, that tend to eliminate one of the variables, which particularly, you know, in most of the cases is wrist movement. Well, let's, let's take a deep dive on lean lock then, because I'm incredibly curious, not just about the concept as a whole, but also how you came about getting to that point where you were utilizing a putter that performed in such a way with the the specs that they are. So can you can you share with me the road you've taken to get where you are with Lean Lock at this point? Well, sure. It goes all the way back to uh, about one of my last years on tour in '96. I was I was inconsistent with my putting throughout my career and frustrated, but I was always a fantastic chipper of the ball, particularly chip and runs like a five, seven, or nine iron. And uh, you know, with that kind of chipping method. Um, you know, I always open my, and this is pretty typical. I'd open my stance up a little bit. My way to be on my front foot, my hands are in front of the ball. And, and I had a little bit of a, of a hit at impact. And, uh, and, and I was great at that, but I tried putting that way and couldn't do it because no putter was built that to allow you to do it. You, you would deal off the putter and you'd drive it into the ground, the ball start bouncing. So, you know, fast forward, oh, 20 years into the late, uh, teens of, you know, 2017, 18, 19, and I was, you know, as an amateur golfer, an older golfer, my putting had gotten even worse. And, and I got just as frustrated. So I tried everything. I tried belly putters. I tried longer putters. And, and I was really keen into trying arm lock. But I found with arm lock, while it stabilized my wrist, um, one, I still de-lofted the putter if I had my hands forward. And, uh, and two, in order to keep that shaft braced against my arm, I had to have a tremendous amount of tension in my lead hand, in my left hand. I mean, to, that that my wrist could still break down. And, uh, and then one day, as I tried to use a, a long putter like that, a mid-length putter, um, in a chipping stance, I noticed that that long extended shaft was, was extending in front of my uh, forward forearm. And I thought to myself, well, gosh, if, if that's where it's going to go when it's longer, why can't I figure out a way to hold it that way? And so I, that, that really was the beginning of me messing around and eventually come up with a lean lock gripping and lean lock putting method where the, the shaft is braced on the target side of the lead forearm instead of the inside uh, of the, the lead forearm the way it is with arm lock. And, um, it, and I found, you know, pretty quickly after 
making some prototype putters that just worked fantastically well. And, and simply by having a much stronger, in my case, left-hand grip as a right-hand golfer, but the, the, the grip my left hand is just turned so that it's rotated in much, much stronger position that it automatically positioned that shaft against the uh, target side of my uh, lead forearm and just braced it incredibly well to where I could then be really relaxed in my grip and my shoulders and everything else, as opposed to arm lock, like I said, where you had to have a lot of tension to keep the shaft there um, with with it, the shaft braced on the target side. I could be totally relaxed and that shaft would never move and my wrist would never break down. So that that freed me up to be much more natural and use my just natural hand-eye coordination in my dominant hand, which is my right hand, to feel the speed and control the putt. So <clears throat> I watched a video on the website that that showcased, um, I'll say the ease of putting together the lean lock setup. And, and I thought it was really interesting, and I think you've expressed this a little bit already, how much investment you have in that right hand because it's working against the shaft against your arm in your left hand, assuming you're, you're a right-handed putter. I thought that was an interesting way that it all kind of tied together because you're pushing against one to support the other when it all just kind of marries up. I thought that was a really interesting take. And, you know, the idea that um, once you've got it right, you're no, you know, it's going to be right because things aren't going to be moving where they shouldn't be moving. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it's the key is in the setup and it's uh, it's not your normal traditional setup. We've been taught for the last oh, four or five decades it's really more of a throwback and very, very similar to what Jack Nicklaus uh, has always done in his setup. Jack was a phenomenal putter, and he did it by feel. He talked about always doing it by feel. Um, yet modern golf teaching and putting, you know, we all we hear is, uh, you know, square up your shoulders and use your big muscles and don't let your small muscles get involved. And to me, that's just very counterintuitive, right? I mean, when we teach people to putt, the first thing we tell them to do is to take a ball in their dominant hand and, and roll it to the hole or imagine they're rolling it to the hole with just their dominant hand only because that's how you get your speed and your feel. I mean, that's everybody's been told that. And, and that makes a lot of sense because we all have great natural hand-eye coordination with our dominant hand. And uh, yet in putting, we've always told people, don't use that. Don't use that at <laughs> all. Use your big muscles. Rock your shoulders, right? And, right. and that, that just that's totally counterintuitive, right? So what I've done with Lean Lock is I've created a setup position that that stabilizes the shaft and eliminates wrist movement yet puts you in a position that you can now use that natural touch in your dominant hand just as if you were rolling a ball to the hole like they tell you to do to feel your speed you can just feel like you're doing that on every putt you hit and as you said because of the, the setup position and the grip you already know that the putter is going to travel along the correct path and you know the wrists aren't going to break down so that your face is going to be stable and return to square. So now all you have to think about once you get set up correctly is just rolling the ball, use your eyes and and, and your natural hand-eye coordination to tell you how and where to hit it and uh, what could be simpler than that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, <clears throat> and, and I feel like based on every, every type of putting element or product that comes out, maybe not everyone, but there, there's a, a significant grouping of products that come out that, that directly focus on quieting the wrists. Uh, I, I think of uh, giant putter grips is a really good example. The smaller grip gets, the more lively your hands can be in the putting stroke. And, and I've always played a fairly limited grip. So moving up to these larger grips, my criticism was always, well, I feel like I lose the putter head in a lot of ways 
and maybe that's representative of how much I use my hands. But uh, I'm I'm not a particularly bad putter, so I wasn't ready to make a a, a big leaps and bounds change to accommodate that. But again, I want to circle back on the idea that everything about what you're saying, what the video presents, that I've seen uh, some testimonials on your website is just this deep connection between the putter head and your or sorry the putter itself, the shaft, and your body, uh, without the complete and utter loss of feel. And and I I think that is one of the important things to really take away here is while while it may be a little bit different visually you're not disc you're not disconnecting from the putter head which which i feel like happens when you eliminate your hands in a lot of ways well it's actually yeah it the, I, I i go even further to say it's 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 about actually totally connecting your hands to the putter head itself and and only worrying about what that putter head is doing and and the putter head with lean lock becomes basically a mirror of your your dominant hand's palm in my case i'm right-handed my dominant hand's my right hand and basically wherever my right palm goes that's where the putter head and the putter face is going to go that's that's what makes the ball go where it's going so i'm trying to actually get people much more in tune with um that that natural feel that i feel like in in general golfers focus too much on the mechanics of the stroke and don't let their eyes and their brain and that natural hand-eye coordination they've developed over their lifetime, uh, tell them where to, to make the putt go. You know, you talk about eliminating uh, the wrist with a large putter grip or things. Another one is the claw grip, right? That's become fairly popular even on the PGA Tour. And, you know, think about the reason golfers use that. They're they're doing that to quiet the wrist down, right? But but if you take your dominant hand and turn it sideways and you and you put it on the side of the shaft, you've you've lost that connection that we've all got. And you just think about your your touch between your your dominant thumb and forefinger or first two fingers. That's where you've got the most sensory, uh, most sensitive sensory connection and feel in your body. And the claw grip takes that away and, and other methods allow you to break your wrist down. And in lean lock, I want you to, to really think about that connection and just use that natural ability. Uh, and, and the setup is a very critical aspect of that uh, to get your, your body in the right positions alignment wise and your weight in the right positions so that all of those other things that I talked about that need to happen in the stroke, they happen automatically. And I think that's a, a really big difference with what I've tried to do with Ling Lock to help people putt better is that I give a lot of instruction, right? The, every putter comes with a copy of my book. Every putter comes with a strong video connection and emails describing exactly step-by-step step what to do, how to do it, visuals to compare, what you're doing with me and uh, what I call my masterclass in putting series, which is a month long series of follow-up emails that everybody gets every two days, roughly after they buy the putter, they get the series of emails that teaches you not just about lean lock, but about key things to help you putt better, no matter what method you use. So unlike just buying a club and, and sending it to somebody and they're, they're going to think that you are, know, the club's going to fix me. You know, this is an entire package that I've put together to try and help people understand their putting better and to give people the support they need to actually put it into play and change how they putt. It's not a magic putter. It's a change in how you do things. It's it's interesting how much depth of detail goes there, because as much as I want to say it's just another option out there, it's a very unique one. And, and I feel like with the amount of fitting that goes on nowadays and the amount of... Um, uh, just basic concepts surrounding 
neutralizing what makes you different. It's very much a step away from Arnie's swing your swing mentality when you go to get a lesson or to get fit anymore. I'm wondering how much of a challenge that is to explain to people, like just because this is net neutral for at least how it's taught or what's been told or what we see, or let's say 90% of the putters out there, how challenging is it to tell your story that your product actually has the potential to, to create better results despite being slightly different than what many people would suggest is the norm or natural? Well, I mean, you know, everybody likes to... People are, are always afraid to go against the herd, right? I mean, they, we're a herd mentality, and it's much more comfortable to do what other people are doing. Um, so, yes, that's that's a big challenge. But I like to try and point out to people that, that one, I when I spend five minutes with a teaching pro, which I've done with probably about 500 of them, and I walk through the reasoning behind lean lock and why it works and what I'm asking people to do, I have yet to have a single one of them uh, that didn't totally agree with it and say, that simply makes sense. It's, it's, it just makes sense what you're telling people to do. Um, the other thing I'd like to point out is although, uh, on the, on the first glance, it looked, lean luck looks very non-traditional or very different. Uh, the basic fundamentals of, of where you are in the setup with lean lock are very consistent with what is taught in putting the, you know, for instance, I want your eyes directly over the ball or over the target line. That's a pretty standard thing in putting, right, everybody? That's why we have putting mirrors and all these alignment aids for people to practice that. But that's a key component. Another key component is uh, to make sure that both of your forearms are directly in line with the shaft. Because uh, when your forearms are in line with the shaft, all of the energy in the stroke, all the, the, the force is being directed along the line, along the shaft, and in line with where you're trying to hit the putt. And uh, obviously with the, the shaft, you know, braced against the target side of the forearm, that that lead forearm is obviously directly connected with the shaft, but where we position the trailing forearm is uh, is in lean lock, is also directly in line with the shaft. And, and that's very traditional, right? The, the eyes over the ball, forearms in line with the shaft. These are things that that have been taught for forever with putting and and be hard pressed to find any good putter who doesn't do those things. Um, you know, the other aspects of it, like I talked about with weight positioning and, and alignment that are designed so that the the path of the putter automatically travels, you know, straight along where you want it to during that six inches behind the ball. I mean, you know, what what happens, you know, 10 inches or a foot behind the ball or past impact, that's really irrelevant, right? The moment of impact uh, is really what matters in uh, maybe that millisecond before impact. And and so, um, you know, by getting people into arguably a very traditional position with their eyes over the ball, their forearms in line with the shaft, uh, and then repositioning some other things in the setup, um, it just automatically makes the putter want to travel in exactly the way traditionally we've been taught it just is a different approach to getting it to happen where you don't have to you know spend a lot of time thinking about making it do those things yeah i I do want to throw a disclaimer out there for everyone listening i'm i'm challenging with intent here i it's if, if you've ever gone to the range and you say well i've i've used interlock grip for my entire life and i'm going to try the uh baseball grip or the the overlap it the discussion we're having here is kind of like that it's not this like uh, impossible change it's not a like a totally different presentation it's just a slightly different setup that 
that aims to support a lot of things that we, especially as amateur golfers, struggle with. So my goal with Brian here, as as you folks listen in, is to 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 see if we can connect those dots for everyone as they view the website and check out some of the uh, the tutorials that exist on there. Uh, because I feel like no differently than the claw grip, this is just another opportunity for golfers to find that one thing that really, really works for their putting game, which is so inherently personal. And, and, and I love that. And I think this is a nice opportunity, Brian. I saw a ton of testimonials on the website talking about people who are just blown away by the experience. What is the overarching feedback that you've been getting from your consumers? What, what, is, the, what is the trend there? Well, uh, what you saw, I mean, those are real live testimonials that, that, you know, many, many people have sent to us. And, um, when I can get people to follow my step-by-step instructions, uh, as I provide them, you know, in video on the website, in my book and, and get set up correctly and actually do the things I'm teaching, I would say between 90 and 95% of the people would give it a five-star review and think it's fantastic, right? The people that, um, struggle with lean lock are the ones that never really commit to making a change in actually how they putt they they end up somewhere in between traditional putting setup and grip and where i'm asking them with lean lock and there's really no wiggle room to do that if you're going to commit to lean lock you need to follow my instructions you need to follow them exactly um i i believe there's there's plenty of information we've provided through the book through the videos and the follow-up series um, that that gives all the information that's needed, but you can't you can't alter that or make it up on your own. If for those who follow what I'm asked, actually teaching people to do, virtually everyone has success, and everyone is really excited about it. The the people who fail are the ones that that never really implement it correctly and give up after two days or something. You said everyone has success. Should we talk about the uh, the sixty two? <laughs> sure. So again, in my, in my research, I actually found out that Brian here, uh, set a course record, I believe at his home course at the time or of current of a 62 with 23 putts on the round. Basically he got on the green and put it straight in the hole is how I math that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I have, I have to hear that story. And, and, and what I'm also curious about is how, how long into this lean lock process did that occur? Uh, because you had mentioned you had been a streaky putty th- putter throughout your career. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've actually shot many low rounds since I started with lean lock. I, my ball striking, um, you know, was still at a pretty high level, uh, for a long time, but I got really frustrated with putting and I I started experimenting with lean lock, um, in the fall of, of one year and by the next spring. And, you know, I was really kind of committed to it. Let's say by October, November, I started maybe in August messing with it, um, August or September. And then uh, by the next spring, I started really putting well and making a lot of putts. And so I, I actually shot, in addition to the 62, I think I shot three 63s uh, because my, I mean, it was, it was really kind of ridiculous. If, if I had the right line, I mean, I just hit my line every time. And that's, that's what I think the key is. Uh, you know, so the 62 was obviously I was striking the ball well, but basically if, if I read the putt correctly, it went in because with lean lock, I, uh, you know, I just, I hit the ball on the line. I intended to go probably nine out of 10 times, maybe more than that. Right. So if, if the reads there, it goes in and as long as the speed's correct. And, um, you know, that, that was a fun day, um, you know, 62 and, uh, you know, like I said, I've had several 63s and, 
um, you know, when, when the, it's, the game's more fun when you make more putts, Dan, I mean, it's just that simple, right? And, uh, the game's become a lot more fun for me, uh, since I went to lean lock and, uh, I practice less. I think about putting less and, um, you know, I can just get out there and make them. Yeah. I, I think that was a nice opportunity just to s- discuss that this, this concept works well for every skill level. And one of the things I noticed with the variety of putters, uh, they, they note their handicaps and some of the feedback, and it doesn't seem like it's one group of golfers. It seemed like there's some plus handicaps on there, some mid handicaps, some high handicaps. There's value in this for every aspect. And and I, I do think that does, I do think that circles back to the idea that putting is so individualistic that you can get better. And even the most minute level, even if you're a very skilled golfer, so the idea this is just purely a training aid or something like that is is unrealistic based on the feedback I'm seeing. No, no, that that's absolutely true. And and we've I mean literally that like you said, beginning golfers who are just starting out, um, who who've taken it up and they would never do anything else. And I've had people that um, you know, are are tour level and and even a few champions tour players have have used it. Um, and uh, you know, it, it it can help anybody at any level uh to putt better. Uh, let me ask you a question because I'm not familiar with it. Does this allow you to stand a little bit taller? I, I know on the champions, there's a number of guys who are worried about bad backs and you see some of the uh, long putter options or even the the um, arm lock options. Is this something that would support some back injury or is it does it have you set up more in a natural way? Um, no, I don't think it's particularly suited for standing taller to the ball. If, if okay. you think about my reference to Jack Nicholas, you know, mm-hmm. he was fairly crouched over and I, I think it's more similar to that, but we, we sell our putters, you know, our standard fitting is anywhere from 39 to 44 inches. Um, and that's based on, uh, you know, a lot of fittings we've done. Uh, but we also do custom length putters at, at longer lengths. So I've had people, um, I think the tallest players we've fit are six feet, seven inches tall. And so we've made custom lengths. We can make lengths up to oh, 48 to 50 inches. I think 48 is the longest one I've ever done. Um, to me, the how much you bend over uh, using lean lock method is a very personal thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would ask people to, to, to figure out whether, you know, they like to stand taller or more bent down. If you're someone who likes to have a lot of knee flex, or likes to bend more from the waist, you can do that with lean lock. Um, you're just going to use a shorter model putter. If you like to stand tall uh, without much knee flex or more bend, well, you're going to need a longer putter than our standard fitting chart. So fitting certainly comes into it. Um, but but lean lock isn't specifically designed to be something to help ones, you know, stand taller or, or uh, you know, uh, or, or not bend over or put ease on the back. Um, but I would say on the back issue, uh, for a lot of people on it, and there's some comments you'll see in the reviews that it it has helped people with that because let's say once they got it right, once they they connected with the setup routine, um, people like me, people don't practice as much, right? It it the consistency of the club face and the stroke is is such that you know you just don't need to spend as much time on a practice putting green. Wow, that that is a heck of a compliment about the concept and as a whole. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the manufacturing process and, and how you got to where you are now and whether there's uh, intent for improvement. Was, was it a challenge to get the putter designed the way you wanted it to? Was there a lot of work to find out that proper angle or um, the right manufacturer for, let's say, the grips or anything like that? 
Well, the, the proper angle is yes, there was a lot that went into it. And that was the first you know, many months of what I did. And, and it was literally me taking putters that I owned and, uh, and, you know, kind of out to the putting green with cameras and, and, and measuring devices and yardsticks and everything else. Um, and a lot of, a lot of things to, to, and back and forth. Right. So I would bend a putter or, or change the putter a little bit and I would go out and video and test and test and test. And I tried a lot of different ways to figure out what worked best. Um, and, and that's why I've got a very specific rendered, you know, grip and setup routine. Cause I believe I've figured out exactly how you should do this, but producing the putters then <clears throat> kind of, it went backwards from that. Uh, I didn't set out with a goal of what the putter should be. I figured out what worked for the putter with this method. And then I went and measured those putters, figured out what exactly that, you know, their attributes were with lie and loft and so forth. And then I went about finding a way to manufacture those, uh, which by the way, I never intended to do. I did this for myself and then my friends wanted me to let them do it. And it kind of grew from there. And they, you know, I was like, well, if I publish this book and anybody wants to do this, they can't because the putters don't exist. Right. So then I had to figure out a way to, <laughs> I had to figure out, I was like, well, the only putters I have are the two or three I made for myself uh, and then a couple I made for friends. So then I had to figure out manufacturing. And I, that was another journey that took me about six to nine months. I would say I tried with a lot of, uh, you know, U.S.-based custom manufacturers and milling companies. And, um, you know, it's just really kind of cost prohibitive to go there as a small producer, uh, unless you want to charge somebody five, six, seven hundred dollars for a putter, which I didn't want to do. Um, and so then I started, you know, really researching where the big manufacturers get their putter heads made and everything else. And, um, you know, I ended up settling on, uh, one company that produces my heads, uh, another that produces shafts for me. And I designed my own custom grip to fit the way that we grip the, the club. And so I had to find another manufacturer for those. And this was all in the midst of COVID when the supply chain was just a complete mess. Right. And I mean, it was incredibly frustrating. Um, but, uh, you know, I got some equipment in and, and started selling putters. And when we launched at the 2022 PGA merchandise show, um, you know, we were, I felt like I was in a good place with, you know, my supply and what was coming in. Um, it was a big hit at the merchandise show and sold through all our putters in, in basically two months in January and February. And I was supposed to have resupply coming in March and because of COVID and being a small manufacturer, um, we, we got our stuff backed up. So I was actually out of supply for a little over three months in 2022 and couldn't sell any putters at all. Um, and basically all the, all the producers would tell me, well, you know, they, they were, they were selling to the big manufacturers that, you know, all the names that people know, right. I'm using the same companies to produce our stuff and they were getting their product instead of, you know, little lean rock putters getting theirs. So it's, uh, I've had to teach myself a lot throughout this process, uh, about, uh, where things are made, how to get them made, you know, shipping supply, all that. And, uh, we think we got it figured out now. Well, I mean, they, they certainly look great and. I'm a bit of a, uh, this is going to sound really ridiculous because we don't have a history of knowing each other. So I'm a bit of a uh, milling snob. I, I always really gravitate towards attractive milling on a putter. And I, I think you've done a great job of the presentation, at least from the front side. I think that's something that once you get to a certain sound point, it a, a lot of folks don't spend that extra time focusing on that. But visually speaking, I, I'm, I was excited to see it's attractive milling pattern that's there. Uh, it has that sort of premium presentation to it. Um, and you also have a couple different shapes. Wh wh how did you land on the two shapes you have right now? 
Well, um, the, the blade putters, uh, you know, we've got what we call our APA models, which were the very first ones in a limited edition. And, uh, and that was really, that was driven by the quality of the items I could get and uh, availability at the time. Again, that was during COVID, but I always wanted to move in a slightly different direction, which is why uh, I, with, the, with the assistance of uh, someone I can't name because they now work for a major putter manufacturer, but they were an independent consultant at the time. And, and they, they've been, they're on over, this person I'm talking about is on over 300 patents uh, for putters. Okay. So I, I used with their help, my ideas and their help to design what we call our PN models, which is a very traditional looking blade putter, very similar to say a ping answer look or um, a lot of Scotty Cameron putters. And, and that's actually similar to the very first prototype I made for myself. And so I wanted a putter that had that really traditional, um, you know, let's say call it answer style look to it with a plumber's neck putter, but with unique attributes to offset and angle the shaft forward like we needed. And uh, very happy with how that came out. The weighting was an important thing. Um, and then our, uh, our, our PN mallet putter, um, I, I've used a mallet putter the majority of the time, the last 10 or 12 years, I would say. And uh, I actually um, altered the design a little bit because um, I found visually when you, you know, most, if you think about it, most mallet putters have either a rounded heel and toe or kind of a, let's say an angle, you know, almost a triangle or semi triangle kind of look on the heel and toe. I'm not sure why they do that because for me, when the heel and toe of the putter are fairly squared off, um, they create a perpendicular angle to the putter face. It becomes much easier to align the putter face. Um, think about it. A lot of times there's an alignment line in the middle of the putter, and then they'll put lines, you know, big long lines on the heel and toe of the putter as well to help with alignment, right? So you have more, more visual aid. And, and our PN model putter is squared off on the heel and toe for that very reason, to give the eyes and the brain that visual reference of, of perpendicular square to the face kind of alignment to help you just line the putter up better. Wow. Do you have, um, an idea on next steps? Will we see more types of models or are, are you functioning with what you have for now and just seeing where everything takes you? Um, we're, we're sticking with what we have for, for this year. There won't be anything new design wise till 2024. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with where the blade putter is. I don't see any significant changes to that. I do have some things, uh, in mind that I would do for a new style of a mallet putter for the next, uh, iteration of that. Um, you know, but for now, um, I'm, I'm happy with the models we have and it's really more about, you know, getting the message out there and, and letting people or helping people to understand um, the reason lean lock works and uh, open their mind to a, a new and different way of putting that, that I truly not only believe, but I know because it's been for, you know, so many people at this point, they can fix their putting forever by opening their mind and trying something a little bit different. And uh, I think lean lock is that thing for a lot of people. I really want to know this, Brian, what is it about golf? that just keeps dragging you back. That's, that's what I'd really love to know. I mean, obviously you're, you're fond of the game and, and you mentioned at a very young age, you wanted to be deeply involved. Is this, is this where you saw yourself being after all these years, or is there something that just keeps dragging you back that you can't help it? Uh, I think it's more something drags me back that I can't help it. No, I never, uh, I never necessarily saw myself where I'm at with the game today. I certainly never thought 
I was going to be manufacturing putters. I, I didn't, I didn't set out to be in the club business or anything like that. Um, you know, I just, like so many people, um, golf has been such a, a impactful part of my life and, uh, has been so, so much fun for me. Excuse me one minute. <clears throat> that <clears throat> I apologize. That's all right. <clears throat> that, that it, um, that, that, you know, I just enjoy the game. I'm fascinated by the game. Uh, I find it challenging. I find it frustrating. Um, but <clears throat> it just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's part of who I am. And, uh, so it, so, you know, I keep coming back to, you know, my mind goes and says, how can I do this better or do that better? I think a lot of golfers are like that, right? That's why we're, we're always searching for that new club or piece of equipment that can, uh, you know, help us do it better. And my mind is kind of always, I mean, I dream about golf still, right? I think a lot of people do. <laughs> it, just, it, it just comes to me where, um, you know, I get excited about something and I want to go try it out. I'd love to know, are there certain places in the world you think are just truly the identity of golf? If you had to pick one spot to go, is there one place you'd choose? Well, I mean, I just, I, I love Scotland, the home of golf, right? I mean, I, to me, it's uh, just a different feel out there. And uh, when, when you get a chance, I, I, if you're a lover of golf, I think that it's, it's a trip everybody should try and make. There's been some, some great replications of that in the United States. You know, I, I think they've done a great job at some of the, the resorts that give us link style feel and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, at least uh, tradition and history is a big part of the game of golf. And, uh, you know, when I step on a place like St. Andrews or something, you know, my, my skin tingles and I just get a little different excited. I love the way you said that. I've never been there. So I assume I'll be vibrating by the time I step on the St. Andrews. <laughs> I hope you get the chance. <laughs> uh, I, I know you're calling in from, uh, from Australia right now. Have you played golf in Australia before? I'm not, you know, the, one of the reasons we're here now, my wife and I is, uh, in all my travels, I've been in over 40 countries and played golf and golf competitive golf all around the world, including most of Asia, but, but never made it to Australia, uh, for any tournaments for whatever reason. And so, um, we're trying at this point in our life to, to travel to places we haven't been before. And this is one of them. We're having a wonderful time. We've been to New Zealand. We're in Australia now, and we're going to, we're going to keep traveling on through some places uh, in Eastern Europe and places we haven't been. I'm going to get a chance to play Valderrama in a few months. And uh, that's really exciting to me uh, after, you know, watching Ryder Cups and everything there. And it's one of the best courses in Europe and also going to be playing in a wonderful new place uh, in Portugal called Costa Terra, which is a new Fazio design. Uh, I know the Fazio people and they, they say it might be the best course they've ever done. And hearing that from them tells me it must be special. So I'm excited to go there. Oh, that sounds incredible. I'm, I'm going to ask you one more challenging question uh, while I have you, and you certainly don't need to answer. Uh, but I am curious, having been in the industry for as long as you have and being a part of the tour, are you happy with where the tour is right now? Do you, did, is it where you thought it would be when you first started out? Gosh, um, is it where I thought it would be? I, I don't think I ever envisioned the tour being as, as let's say, as big or as popular as it is, right? I mean, and no doubt Tiger uh, and his involvement just took it to a completely different level. And um, and the success that the, the tour and the tour players enjoy and the, the uh, worldwide aspect of the game now is, is bigger than I say I would ever imagined it would be. And I think it's terrific that people are, you know, getting more and more into golf. I, you know, COVID in, in my experience, what I've seen, um, you know, that whole shutdown thing, you know, made golf that much more bigger and got a lot of people into the game who probably wouldn't have otherwise because it could get them out outdoors. So I think the game is in a very healthy place. The, the PGA Tour itself, you know, continues to 
um, evolve, um, you know, created by the demands that are out there. And, you know, we, we all know what some of those are right now, and um, they've had to change some things um, to, uh, to remain relevant. And, uh, you know, I, I expect they'll continue to do that based on the feedback they get from the fans and, and, the, and the sponsors and stuff. But in a general sense, I think the game's in a really good place. Is there a young guy out there right now that you're excited to watch play that you've been super intrigued by? Oh, there's so many of them. I mean, I think the depth of the game, the depth of the players, there's just, you know, we, every generation says this, I think. But, uh, you know, to me, uh, because of the money and the notoriety that Tiger brought in, there's just the the athletes are so much better now. And they're they're just, you know, so good. And so it's it's really compelling to to watch these guys. I mean, you know, I thought watching Cameron Smith was an amazing thing. Jordan Spieth during his run was, was just, you know, it was must see TV. Right. And then you take it in another direction, Bryson DeChambeau, when, when he bulked up and started trying to hit bombs, I mean, that was another one. You just, you just had to watch it. So, you know, you could tell those are three very different players. And to me, um, because of that depth, what you're seeing is, you know, it's really, really difficult for any player to, to you know, more than about maybe 12 to 18 months, somebody gets really hot. Scotty Scheffler's there now. Can he sustain it long term? You know, there's, the talent is so good. You you see that it's really difficult for players to to really stay at the the uppermost level for more than that 12 to 18 months. And you know, John Rahm's unbelievable now. You know, I'm just I'm giving you a long list. So <laughs> I love one it. player, one player. No, I don't see one player because there's so many great players. And I what I can't wait to see is. Who's that next guy, right? Who's that next yeah. person that that we that that you know the casual golf fans never heard of? Who's going to break out and be unbelievable at a young age? I mean, you know it's going to happen, right? Who is that right. player? I'm not sure, and I'm ex- I'm excited to see who it is. It's it's funny to me. We had a conversation going on in our larger community on THP asking about um, who the top three players are that you cheer for, and and. I would say for the last decade and a half, I found that incredibly easy to answer. And I found myself with two on the board with that third one. I'm like, well, what about him? What about him? Like, I think, I think you're right. I think we're in a really cool spot right now. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's a lot of them and then boy, they're good. (laughs) Brian, I really appreciate the time today. I'm, super excited to get to know your brand a bit more i hope uh folks who are listening in take a look and and get a better understanding uh the price surprised me as well i believe it's actually on sale right now which is great to see so hopefully everyone out there listening takes a look and it sounds like there's some awesome instruction that comes along with a purchase so you have the opportunity to not only get a new product that's unique but also uh get the help you need to to get it really working for your game Especially for those guys who I recently talked to who asked me, what can I do to fix my putting? Why are my hands so active? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's that's the one thing I, I reiterate so unique about what we're doing is I, I, I set out with Lean Lock to simply try and help people putt better and enjoy golf more. I'm not trying to build another giant golf company, right? And, um, you know, with, with the putter comes a tremendous amount of instruction and information, videos, books, and everything else. And you just don't get that with anything else. So, um, even if uh, lean lock isn't the answer for you, if you decide that you would, any golfer will benefit a lot by visiting our website, getting my book. You'll you'll learn a lot that will help you putt better um, just by doing that. And that's the support that that you know I committed to giving people uh, that are willing to give us a try. That's great. Hey Brian, at the end of my shows, I usually give people an opportunity to ask me any questions uh, or anything they wanted to share that was uh, unique or different. Uh, you're welcome to do that. 
Well, uh, how do you, what, what kind of putter do you, how, what style of putting do you use now, Dan? Style of putting or putter? Yeah, do you, well, style of putting, conventional, cross-handed, claw. Uh, very conventional. Um, I've tried a couple different methods and felt very uncomfortable with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very conventional, smaller grip. I've, I've really struggled to go larger grip. Um, and, and my goal has always been actually what you, what you kind of mentioned a number of times is let's just, let's let creativity take over without breaking down the critical parts of where the head is during the stroke. All right. Well, send me your info. We'll get you, we'll get you a lean lock putter and, uh, you can, you can... <laughs> Take it, take it for a whirl. See if we can help you out. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I, I'm always down to get a couple fewer. If I can get down to 23 strokes like you around, now we're really living. <laughs> Wouldn't everybody? That's not every day. <laughs> well, hey Brian, thanks again. Enjoy your trip. Have an awesome time, and uh, look forward to seeing what's next from your group. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Dan. All right, everyone out there listening, go check out Leanlock Putters. Very interesting concept. You might love it for your game. Other than that, if you're playing golf this weekend, have an awesome time. Make it count, and we'll see you next week. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.